Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, we are back together in person, podcasting from the Dudes on Hockey studio. The cobwebs have been dusted off, dude. 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 We're here. It's so funny. Like, I, I walked into the Dudes on Hockey studio... And and I it's it's weird like you feel like you're doing something naughty yeah a little like bit you're like oh well Big Brother is watching us podcast right but but you know hey listen two dudes two fully vaccinated dudes right which which one did you get hold on <laughs> oh okay Harold, let, hold on one second <gasps> all right <laughs> let me just breathe that deep you you got the Pfizer I got Pfizer right, right? yep. I got um, the Swansons. It was Swansons. It was it the was, Hungry Man dinner one. It was frozen. Okay. Yeah, I was either that or the Marie Calendars, but I'm not super into cornbread. I like the uh, cranberry compote. <laughs> Dude, wow! This is awesome. It yeah. is great to be uh, not looking at your beautiful mug through a screen. Yep. And seeing you. Just in the nick of time. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, honestly, I am so relieved that the season is <laughs> over because it has been just excruciating. Hell. Yeah. Just total, totally brutal to endure. Right. I'm sure worse for the players than it was for us to watch because, wow. Yeah. We just saw, we just did the tally sharks end of the season three and 14. Yeah. Yeah, horrific. Yeah. Horrific way to end the season. But I, I have to say, in a way, um, the best thing that could happen because this team has to have an eye towards the future. And now, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the the offseason uh, markers here and, and things to come. But, you know, this puts the Sharks in position to have, at least by my calculation, calculations, nothing worse than the eighth pick in the in the draft. And it also gives them a twelve percent chance to get the first or second pick. Yeah. So, uh, uh, funny enough, I I ran like one of those draft simulators, nice. and the first time I did it, the Sharks got the second pick, and the second time they got the number one. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. I hope I didn't just completely like use up all their luck in a stupid computer sim. You did, but um, like that that is what the franchise needs, right? Instead of some sort of mid round, you know, or early playoff exit, like when you're just a bad team, right? Like you're looking at a team like Nashville, like that team, they're about to get just housed, right? Yeah. By Carolina. And instead they're going to be picking, you know, 16 through 20 or something like that. Right. Right. How's that really going to help that team? So not much, not much. Right. So you, you hope that the sharks might, might get lucky, dude. We need a little luck. We do. We do. And certainly the Sharks got particularly housed by the best teams in our division, uh, showing us once again and for the nth time this season that the Sharks are not in the same class as Colorado and Vegas. So if nothing else, I consider it somewhat of a mercy that the Sharks didn't make the playoffs because we would have faced one of those teams that made the Sharks look like they were sort of playing in two different leagues, you know? I yeah. mean, that's that's the case. The Sharks just don't have the talent 
or the depth of either of those teams, and it's not particularly close. Yeah, you just you you hit on it right there, dude. The Sharks are not a very talented team, and they also are not a deep team. Uh, and they were exposed mightily in all those areas this season. And they continue to have the worst goaltending in the NHL, which I think now is at least two and possibly three years in a row. That's right. So um, wildly unacceptable. And, um, you know, you can hear the same sort of uh, standard answers at the end of the season where you're being told that they're going to address the goaltending and you're being told that they're going to address the center position. And, you know, that I think, you know, the biggest question to be answered, which it, it will either be answered in the next few days or it will not be answered at all. And that's the answer is, does Doug Wilson get to make these decisions? That's right. That's the question. And I know uh, listeners and fans are of split minds. I'm certainly of split mind. I, I'll put my stake in the ground with this. If Martin Jones starts game one of next season, Doug Wilson should be fired immediately. If you, you can't have the worst goaltending for two or three years in a row and then start the same goaltender the next season. Like yeah. This is no longer like a fluke. And there is no general manager and no even self-regarding hockey fan that believes you can get anywhere in the league with the worst goaltending in the league. You can't... I mean, certainly you'll never contend for a Stanley Cup. Even making the playoffs, I would say, is an extreme long shot with the worst goaltending in the league. Why would you hamstring your team like that? Maybe they'll start the, the season with Melnichuk. Maybe they'll start the season with some player we've never heard of. I would prefer either of those options to starting Martin Jones. This is a non-starter for this team. I don't see how you can look yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, we've had the worst goaltending for the last three years. Let's throw him out there one more time and see what happens, right? This is, you're sending a different message now. You're sending a different message, which is, I don't care how bad this team is. And if you want to put that message out there and say, we're going to suck and go for the number one pick, then just say it. Just say it, right? You can't make this noise like, yeah, we're going to turn this around. And Eric Carlson's like, yeah, I look forward to this team improving next season and all this nonsense. And then you throw out the worst part of the team again. Yeah, uh, 100% agree with you, dude. I, I don't see... I think that that's what they did this year. They said, well, we're going to try this one more time and we're going to bring in a veteran to push him that also maybe would be motivated and ironically might win a Stanley Cup uh, thanks to the Sharks, you know, right. uh, spinning him off to the avalanche. But uh, they tried that. Uh, Jones had one good month and the rest of it was horrible. And I don't see how he can be on the team, period. I think he has to be bought out and they have to move on. And... I think that it's almost, it would almost be symbolic to the rest of the players. There's like none of you are off the hook here. Right. And we're not we're willing to eat the money because he's that bad. And right. we just can't have him here anymore. And we can't have that that specter of, well, should we just give him one more chance? Yeah. Like that just that that can't be here anymore. But this you're right, dude. Like it, it's this 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 uh statement from management that We'll be back next year. Don't worry. We'll be back. No, we won't. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> no, right. we won't. It, we're not going to be, right? That's true. And the the team has too many significant flaws. And that is why I'm in the camp that it cannot be Doug Wilson making these decisions moving forward. And I am incredibly grateful to him 
for all the amazing memories that he's created for all of us as Sharks fans. He has been instrumental for two decades of success, right? But he's too close to the to the problem here. Right. Uh, and I just don't think he should be the one to make those decisions moving forward. But let me say this. I think he is going to get to be the one making those decisions. Yeah. Because other teams have pulled the trigger on their parachutes, right? You saw the Rangers have a, a mass firing, right? Yes. Of their president, their GM, and their coach, right? And... I mean, I don't know. I didn't feel like the Rangers were that far off. Like from being like that was a little out of left field, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, but uh, they did it right, and they're going into the off season looking for a new coach and with a new, uh, you know, general manager in place in Chris Drury. The time to do that is right now. The the more we get into the off season and the interviews and the evaluation process, that time is ticking away, and. You know, the fact that it did not happen yet makes me think it's not going to happen. I agree with you. I I think that's true. I would like to believe, given Doug Wilson's history of success with this team, that he would not be so foolish as to try and trot out this team, put the lipstick on the the pig and say, you know, this is something amazing because it's just not, right? I mean, by any stretch, this is not. We don't have depth. Even if all of our stars were performing at whatever level we might expect them to perform at, this is still barely a playoff team given the lack of bottom six anything. Yeah, you're right. But I do think if our stars were performing at the level they're supposed to perform at and they weren't getting injured every other week, that this probably would be a team that would have finished fourth, right? Like I think that they... But that's certainly a massive part of the problem is that you've got players you know with our favorite player eric carlson leading the way in terms of being worth a fraction of his contract that's right with his on ice play and you know he had a stretch where you went oh yeah okay i see it and then you know 80 percent of the season where you're like what is happening right now Mm -hmm. you know and um and you can put several others in that position and We'll see, you know, uh, dude, I just, I think that's the first chip to fall here, right? right? And we'll know soon, you know, if if we're in mid next week and there's no changes in Sharks leadership, then we know that this is going to be Doug Wilson's, you know, problem to fix and we'll see what happens. I mean, he's already committed to maybe his best acquisition of the year other than maybe Ballsters on a free, right? Mm-hmm to uh Barabanov yeah. who he got for nothing right for Suomela mm-hmm. and this guy to Bugner's credit they played him a ton of minutes on the top line and he thrived yep he thrived he looks like a player right he does he does we'll see we've seen many players do well for a little while and then not so I can't wait to see him thrive again next season. I would love to get a player like that for free that those are exactly the kinds of players that the Sharks need to pick up in order to turn this team around because right now they're not going to go out and get high price free agents because they don't have the space and there's not that many available. They're not going to be able to go out and get a high priced top flight goaltender and put them on the roster because they don't have the space. They're going to have to find these diamonds in the rough. 
They're going to have to find the seventh round picks and the European players and the college players. And those are going to have to be the ones that suddenly start to shine. If the, if the Sharks truly want to turn this around in a short period of time, that's, that's their only avenue back to respectability, much less greatness. So that's the thing. Here's the other thing. And I know we're going to talk about the Kraken thing in another podcast. We don't need to address it all right here, but I've seen some stuff on the blog and I've heard people make some noise about the Kraken draft. They are not taking any of our bad contracts and any, and by bad contracts, I mean any of our biggest contracts. That means Carlson. That means Burns. That means, I mean, Vlasic and Carlson have to be protected. Burns does not. They're not taking Burns. They're not taking Logan Couture. If he were available, they're not taking Evander Kane, if he were available, they're not taking any of these contracts if they were available. So, sorry, spoiler alert, the Kraken, if they're smart, and I have no reason to believe they won't be, they are going to follow the the Vegas Golden Knights playbook. What was the Vegas Golden Knights playbook? They didn't go get eight Eric Stalls. They got zero Eric Stalls. They went and got the guys who were 23, and then they ex- extracted draft picks from the other teams that didn't want them to pick players. That's what they did, and it worked, and it worked really quickly. There's right. no way the Kraken's going to go out and get 35-year-old high price players. That's just not going to happen. No, I, you're absolutely correct. That is not going to be the magic way out of this. And if they were even to entertain something like that, it would cost the Sharks assets they can't part with. That's right. In order to get them to just have the Kraken take uh, a player just to absorb salary cap space, right? Th- this... There is a lot of pressure on the Kraken to mm-hmm. be successful right away because the model of being a bad expansion team, Golden Knights ruined that. Yeah, they did. For, 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 for any, everybody. For any you yeah. know, recent or future expansion team, there will be expectations right on the Kraken in their market, maybe not NHL-wide, but in their market to be a competitive hockey team. So, yeah, you're right. The model's there. And for the Kraken to select even a player like Kevin LeBanc, like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know why would they want to do that. Like, LeBanc is not worth that money. No. Like, you know, the the Sharks, you know, this is nothing against Kevin LeBanc, right? I don't think he's not not trying, right? Of course he's trying. But but he's not worth that contract. No. And the Sharks have a bunch like that, and they're they have a bit of a problem with that, right? You know, um, even a player like yeah. Anyways, dude, I, I don't know. We could go through the whole roster. We got a ton of time to speculate about the draft and things like that. I mean, the biggest thing that's coming up is June second. We've got the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a big deal, right? Uh, the lottery for the Sharks, the, like I said, 6% chance right now of getting number one pick, a 12% chance of getting one of the top two picks. And I think the worst they could do, I'm sorry, is 10th. So that would mean two teams below them moved up, right? Okay. okay. The most realistic scenario, nothing happens. The Sharks stay at eight and they pick at eight, right? Which is still the highest pick that they've had in a long, long time. Really long time. Right? So... Um, now Devin Setaguchi, <laughs> that might be the last top eight pick the Sharks have had. I think Setaguchi was at eight. I think Couture was at nine. I think yeah. Timo Meyer was at nine. Right. So, um, and you just named three 
pretty good sharks there, right? You know, pretty well. Meyer. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Meyer uh, certainly had two good years, which made this year and last year feel very strange, right? Um, but you know, and, and then this is th- these are all part of other bigger conversations we don't have to get into today because you really have to question why has this player regressed so massively? Yeah. In addition to well almost everybody on the roster like what is going on like why has everybody suddenly gotten worse when you had some players that were really showing potential there's something clearly wrong here right um and then for you to just say well we're gonna keep the same players in the same staff and um you know it's just gonna be better right no it's not hope is not a plan it's not yeah you know that's not gonna be the answer right and 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 you adding some sort of veteran third line center doesn't fix it, right? right. Like that doesn't. That's not going to fix it. But the 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 lottery's key, and we really, you know, we're rooting for the Sharks, of course, to move. Wouldn't that be something, dude? If they if they moved up to the number one, yeah, never you, in their history. Yeah, I mean, have be, they had the number one? Be really awesome. So I don't know about you. I'll be glued to the lottery. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's uh, we should maybe. Uh, uh, live stream the lottery. I don't know, man. Come That's... on, dude. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. I'd rather live stream some playoff games. Uh, we had a both? lot of... Both. <laughs> both. We had a lot of fun live streaming that one game. I really wanted to live stream the uh, last game of the oh. season because we could have uh, had some adult beverages during, but unfortunately, schedules intervened. But we are not done with the streaming thing. I think it went pretty well, and I thank all the listeners that tuned in and, and hung out with us as we were streaming the Sharks game. Definitely plan on streaming some playoff games because the Vegas bet is still very much in effect. That's and, right. And I have the list of drafted teams right here in front of me. And okay, so well. It, it's going to be a... It could be an interesting dogfight, as as people would expect. Doug has the better of it. No, I disagree. Opinion. I totally disagree with you. And I'll be interested to see what the uh, listeners think when we lay out the matchups here. You want to start in the East Division? Sure. And I'm not going to use the sponsor names, which is funny because I'm looking at ESPN and ESPN doesn't use the, you know, the preparation H each division or whatever it's called. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) TGI Friday's Canadian division. (laughs) So we will start with the top seeded team in the East, dude, that you have picked. You picked uh, pretty late. The Pittsburgh Penguins, a team I did not expect to be as good as they have been against a team I have, the New York Islanders, dude. I know uh, pretty much everyone has... It seems the Islanders have lost their cachet amongst the experts. And I don't think too many people are actually picking the Islanders to win this series. Which is exactly why I'm <laughs> just dying inside, right? <laughs> because I I don't know. Like I feel like this is exactly what happened with the Islanders during the bubble, right? Like No one gave them any sort of a chance... And this is a team that they play a structure, they play a system, they believe in themselves. They've added some some good solid pieces from 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 the New Jersey Devils and Paul Mary, right? And uh, Zajac. I know they don't have Anders Lee. I know they don't really have like a, a really cool like high end star like the Penguins do. What Pittsburgh has going for it, in my opinion, is that I think. When you have a team that has stars on it that got embarrassed last time in the playoffs, like they did when they lost to Montreal in the bubble, mm-hmm. I do think that they will be motivated to not have that happen again. 
I do think that Pittsburgh with Hextall and Brian Burke maybe has a little bit more of an attitude now. Like, I mean, like, and there's no way Berkey is going to like tolerate. That's true. Something like that. Right. Yeah. And the time is ticking here on Malkin and Crosby, right? For sure. It is ticking Latang as well. Absolutely. I think they will understand that. I think they will come out of this series. It is not going to be easy. Yeah. And, And that may hurt Pittsburgh's chances going forward. That's right. Second series is the Capitals versus the Bruins. Surprised to see that many experts are picking my Bruins to win this series. Everybody's picking the Bruins. Yeah. Everybody. Like, yeah. it, everybody's picking the Bruins. And uh, and that, I think, should make you nervous. Like, I mean, like, it's <laughs> it just one of those things where you've got, you know, the Bruins, who are the lower seed, are, I think, in Vegas, the series price, they're like minus 160. Like, it's not... Like, that's a... I would that's I a would terrible ne- I would price. Never, well, but that tells you what, dude? That tells you that some pretty sharp money, mm-hmm. like a lot of money, has moved that price, right? Now, this could be someone with a lot of money that's an idiot, right? right. Sure. But needless to say, they've moved the price. Cam Neely mortgaged his house, <laughs> betting on the Bruins. The Capitals have some problems, dude. They have some injury problems. They have some. They have. Um, uh, people who just don't seem to be able to understand the protocols apparently like (laughs) you know it seems like you know they have some some chemistry and continuity issues the whole circus with the rangers and tom wilson at the end of the year i don't know if that was good a good thing for them right i mean the oshi situation sort of playing for his dad at the end of the year that maybe it's hard to read but I've always thought that Boston just didn't have the on the blue line. They just are not deep enough, I think, to have an incredible playoff from it. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't like having the Capitals in this situation. I, I just I don't. It's gonna be a good series though. Yeah. Like it, I would be inclined to stream one of those games. Yeah. Like, that could it, be pretty good. Well, that's the first game. It's actually on Saturday. Yeah. All right, dude. We have the number one Hurricanes versus the Predators. I don't know anybody picking the Preds in this series. I have Carolina. Pass. I'm pretty happy about <laughs> that matchup. That should be a, a pretty easy one. Here's the here's the weird one for me. Yeah. The Panthers versus the Lightning. And the Panthers are the higher seed. And the overall second pick for the Vegas draft, I took Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is the number three seed in the division. That's not something I expected. Um, looking at their matchups actually head to head they played the last two games of the season and florida crushed them i don't know what that means i don't know if that means that tampa bay is trending down or tampa bay had their seed locked up and they stopped caring but that doesn't sound great they basically split all the other games but certainly the panthers had some some success against this lightning team and the lightning team is still quite good i think headman is a little banged up they got some guys that are a little banged up you know Stamkos always banged up, obviously didn't play all the games. So it's the same situation as we saw the year they won the cup. If these guys can stay healthy, they could go really, really far. If they don't and a couple breaks don't go their way, this Florida team seems to be on the upswing. Yeah, dude, you've summed it up perfectly. Uh, I would not want to have Tampa Bay right now. Like I, I, I like Florida in this situation They've got nothing to lose. That's true. They have nothing to lose. Uh, no one thinks they're going to win this series, even though they're the higher seed. Headman, injury problems. Kucherov just 
came back, right, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. join the team off of injury. Stamkos injured, right? Uh, Goudreau out, you know? Um, and he was a pretty good performer for them sure. this year. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, the goaltending edge is clearly with Tampa Bay, but I, I think if Florida wins that first game, it could be... They could be having flashbacks to two years ago when they played Columbus. when they played Columbus yeah. and start to pucker up a little bit, and right? We'll, and we'll see if they can grab some of that resolve, right? Because that was the huge question the year they won the cup after they got worked by Columbus that year, and then they came back and won, and they learned a little something after that. And we'll see if maybe they can get into those reserves if things suddenly don't go their way. If they can use some of that maturity, hopefully they gained. We'll see. But that's going to be a pretty good series. I think. It will be a very good series. All right, dude. In the Canadian division, we have the Leafs and the Habs. I have both of these teams. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I you never feel good about having the Maple Leafs. Like, I think they're <laughs> right. just sort of the Utah Jazz of the NHL, right? Utah Jazz, great regular season team against the playoffs, Fold City, yeah, right? Yeah. And this year, I try and convince myself it might be the Utah Jazz, <laughs> right? And they lose, right? And I don't know. We saw Montreal do this last year in the bubble, yep. right? Yep. Um, also, some injury problems. They will be getting their um, most of their regular lineup back, uh, including Carey Price. And anytime you're playing Carey Price, that makes you nervous, right? Sure. And it could be the same situation. Montreal wins that first game in Toronto. Uh-oh. I like Toronto anyway. I still like Toronto. I think they're just a better team. Oilers versus Jets, dude. I honestly have... I think I have both of these teams. I do have both of these teams. I honestly don't know what to think of the Oilers at this point. Connor McDavid is obviously a generational talent. He's one of those guys that can win a series by himself. But is this team built to actually go deep. And I don't I still don't necessarily think they are. I think they're going to win this series against the Jets. But I just don't know if you can if he or anyone can put the team on their back and win three or four series. I just don't think that's possible. Yeah, I mean, this I don't know. I just have I have a weird feeling that this could be year 2 of Tippett. I think this could be when they take that next step, right? You're right. Like they don't have an incredibly deep team, but I mean, it's funny to say, right. But like, uh, uh, Mike Smith is playing really well. (laughs) Right. And, um, if he is hot and McDavid is playing like the best player in in the NHL, which he is, Mm -hmm. then I don't know. Like, um, would not shock me. I think they win this series easily. Winnipeg has been really bad in the last month. They've had some injury problems too, but I still I think the Oilers win this series. And then, you know, what what would be the nightmare scenario for Toronto is that if they have a hard time with Montreal and Edmonton gets out of this early. Right. That's not good. That's not good. I mean, you should write this good down. for but you. If you have a team that has a really good score and can score a lot of goals like McDavid and a player that doesn't give up a lot of goals... Oh, that's, you tend to win some yeah, games. That's right. I'm yeah, just saying. That's good. Yeah. Too bad the Sharks don't have either of those. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, dude. That brings us to the West Division, which is, at least in terms of top-end talent, and so it's funny because in a lot of ways, it's the worst division, and I think in terms of playoffs, it's the best division. I'd say that looking at experts' picks and reading about things, the top three teams that people picked to win the whole thing were Vegas, 
And the number one team certainly was the Colorado Avalanche. And then there was sort of a spattering of other teams. Um, So I think it's pretty much a done deal that the Avs and the Knights are going to play each other in round two. Um, The Blues, I would like the Blues to give the Avalanche all they can handle. I just don't necessarily see it happening. Who has the Blues? uh, I have them both. Yes, you have the Blues. Okay. And you have, and I have the Wild. So, all right. So, well, we're guaranteed to meet somehow, right? In the West Finals, right? I. It feels dirty to root for the Knights, which I'm not really going to be actively rooting for. But certainly, I want to win the Vegas bet. And sure. And if the Avalanche don't have to face the Knights in round two, then you have to think the the skids are greased for them to take the home the whole thing. I don't think this is a layup for either of them. They are both the better teams, but Minnesota won the season series against the Golden Knights. And actually, I think the Knights only beat them one time in regulation, I thought I read. Wow. So that is not a good matchup for them. Like, it's not. And I think a lot of it has to do with transitional hockey. Mm-hmm. And the Knights really struggled with them. So um, we'll see, right? Vegas is the better team. But Minnesota, some this is about matchups, right? That's and right. if you get the right matchup, then you can be completely cooked, Right. And, you know, we, we experienced that firsthand when the Sharks lost to the Ducks in yep. the first round yep. of the playoffs, right? Yep. President's trophies, you know, yeah. best team in hockey, and you got your nightmare matchup, right? right? And right. you lost. Um, the Blues are two years off of winning a cup, right? And have most of the same pieces in place, except for they have... Uh, Krug instead of Petrangelo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that is not going to be easy either, even though St. Louis has been really up and down. They've had a ton of injury issues all year. I don't think they're going to win the series, but I don't think it's going to be easy. These will not be sort of the Carolina sweep situations that, right. which, you know, of course they'll probably lose the series now, but um, <laughs> this is not, you know, the West is is they should be some entertaining series. Yep. Yep. Well, dude, that's the playoffs. We won't talk about future predictions because we'll get to those in future podcasts when these series are over. But if anybody has any particular requests of which games we should live stream and what you would be most inclined to join, whether those might, and those might be, you know, lottery, Western draft lottery, Western division. draft, draft lottery. <laughs> Draft lottery. It's the worst. It's like it's like live streaming bingo night. I mean, who cares? <laughs> so great. Just think if when when the sharks get to pick tenth, how joyous will be. How disappointed it is like they're going through the order and now picking tenth, the San Jose will be like, Oh my god, we moved back two spaces. No. <laughs> Click. End of live stream. <laughs> but when you get to eight and they call the LA Kings, then you know you moved up to the top two. That's right. It would be incredible. Oh, my God, dude. The whiskey would be flowing. It will be. It will be. Unbelievable. And then we'll be drinking Bud Light when they go 10. Oh, man. Oh, it would be so great. 95% efficacy. (laughs) I see nothing wrong with this plan. (laughs) Dude, it's great to have you here in person again. It's just unreal. Yeah. Like, and in some ways, like sitting here, it feels like, like, we just did it. Yeah. You know? Was it all a dream? It, it is so... I'm sure everybody feels like that about certain things, but I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful that we're able to do this and we'll be able to continue to do this moving forward, dude. And 
It's good times. It's good times. Stay healthy, everybody, and go Sharks. Yeah. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.